track My best friend's in a gun rack I'm a low life I owe everybody money I think racist jokes are funny I'm a low life I got a dirty mind A gutter mouth I'm making time I'm going out with your wife Cause I'm a low What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chopper Podcast. We got a great episode for you guys tonight. We got Long John Chopperco joining us to talk about his build for the beat the for the Biltwell People's Champ Ten. Stoked to hear all about it. It is a wild and crazy out there build. You guys are gonna love it. But before we get into that and a whole bunch of other good shit. Let's kick this thing off the way we always do with those motherfucking sponsors. First up, we've got Chop Cult, the hub and the home of your next build thread. So go on over to chopcult.com, make an account, scroll through the classifieds to buy all those parts you're missing, scroll through the Brolidex, add yourself to the Brolidex, and let Lisa know that you heard about them on the Low Life Chop podcast. Next up, we got ChopShit.com, run by the one and only Chicken Rick. For all of your stickers, pins, patches, hoodies, and chopper goodies, we haven't been saying that part for a long time, but we're bringing it back. Chicken Rick is the man. Go back, check out the episode he did with us just a few weeks ago, hear how the company got started, and it'll be all the more reason for you to buy your next parts from ChopShit.com. Next up, we got Broadway Customs crushing the fabrication game out there in the Colorado area. They do a little bit of everything, CNC plasma cutting, 3D printing, automotive and commercial fabrication. Whether you need a soft tail, hard tail, or a whole fucking staircase for your building, these guys got you covered. Follow Broadway Customs on Instagram. Next up, we got Lowbrow Customs, everything you need for the road ahead since 2004. Tyler is a great dude, and this company sponsors events across the entire country and probably across the world. They've also got a scholarship program to train the next generation of blue-collar workers and all-around great people with a ton of stuff on their website. You can build an entire motorcycle, engine included, just with stuff from Lowbrow Customs. So, if you need some parts, hit up lowbrowcustoms.com and follow them on Instagram. Next up, we got Paco. 52 years in the game is no motherfucking accident. These guys got all the parts you need for your Harley. Oil tanks, full frames, front ends, headlights, transmission components, and more. Follow at Paco Parts, all one word, on Instagram to keep up with what they got going on. And then next up, we've got Custom Destruction. The homie Wes out there in North Carolina cooking up the dopest lids. You pick the shell color, the trim color, the liner color, and he takes custom orders. So if you got something that you don't see on his website that you want him to make, if you want to mail this guy your favorite shirt and say, put this inside my helmet, I'm sure he could make it happen. Don't quote me on that last part. Follow Custom Destruction on Instagram to check out some of his past projects and get yourself one of the only helmets that makes the ugliest motherfucker look sexy. 
All right. So with that being said, we're not going to dilly-dally too much here. Uh, this is a solo episode tonight. Loctite has got some stuff going on. He's working on stuff to get the business rolling. So it's going to be me and Long John Chopperco. So yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Enjoy the interview. All right, motherfuckers. We are live on the phone with John, a.k.a. Long John Chopperco, back on the show. Welcome back, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. It is good to talk to you again. I was going down memory lane before you were, before we did this tonight, looking back at pictures of the Ironhead and just thinking that bike just came out so goddamn nice, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Did we, I don't think by the time we had talked about that bike, I don't think we got to talk too much about what was the response to taking that thing around, showing that thing off. And then after that, we'll get into uh, what you're cooking up right now. Um, so the response was awesome because obviously, you know, well, as I do with COVID and shit, everything was canceled for that entire year of that thing being done. So I got it out to one show in Jersey, uh, long, tall shorties, like that night of the troglodytes. Yep. The off year or whatever. So it was really well received there. Everyone loved it, but it was a quick like impromptu shoot like I don't know it just it wasn't a real show that I got to like submit for and get selected or whatever so then once they rolled around this year it was on like I, I skipped all the shows at the beginning of the season just because I knew I had the end of the summer booked out with shows so um we hit cheap thrills then congregation and then Fuel Cleveland, and each one was, like, better than the one, like, I don't know. It was awesome. Met yeah. so many people. And, like, it felt like the bike was brand new again, even though I was sitting on it for a year and a half. So. I know. What a strange thing that, like, so few people would be able to relate to where you finish a bike, and then for a year you kind of just have it <laughs> before you get to show anybody. You yeah, know, like, I, I kept posting, like, the same pictures of it. I just felt like it everyone just knew it of the yellow bike from Instagram. It wasn't, no one saw the person, but now it's out there and I got a year of, well, I got three good shows out of it. So now I'm just ready to beat the hell out of it. Hell yeah, man. So what's it like riding it? I don't think we even talked about that on the last one either. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's, it rides fucking good. You got it's a big old front end on that bad boy. How much over? Uh, 25. Damn, that thing's out there. I'm looking at the picture you got on uh, on your Instagram here. You you pushing it in front oh. of the, uh, the container there, and it, and you really just get a sense of how high the motor is up off the ground and how long that front end is. Oh yeah, dude. I just transporting that to these shows, crazy far away, like something you don't even think of when you're building a bike, like a long bike. Yeah, it's going to be inconvenient, but you don't think about transporting that fucker that's a really good point actually I, I and you hit the nail on the head i never think about that what do you even put this in you put it in a trailer well i did a trailer the first time to uh cheap thrills because I, I took two bikes and that went that was smooth it was fine but i hate pulling trailers if i can avoid it sure. and my old work has this like giant box truck so i took that to uh congregation and that was awesome because me and my buddy zach we we just like camped out in the truck all weekend 
So we had like a hammock strung across the top and then an air mattress under it and then the bike on the side. But that was a bitch because the box truck has a lift gate. So I got this like 12 foot handicap ramp, this like aluminum giant piece of aluminum, like, I don't know, extruded metal and bolted that to the lift gate and then kind of beamed it up and down. But it's just wild having like 10 foot of bike hanging over the edge with nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I can absolutely imagine. And even putting it in like a wheel chock, how much does a wheel chock even do for a bike? I just, um, I lay two by fours down on the ground on like in the trailer or in the box truck. Like I lay my straps down and then just screw, put like four screws in a two by four to hold the strap down and then strap from there. So I don't even use the wheel chuck. I just put like two by fours in front and behind. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Cause like if you just strap it straight down in a wheel chuck, it just like bends the front end. It wouldn't, it wouldn't really compress too much. That's what I was thinking. Cause it's so the, all the weight is so far away from where the wheel is. <laughs> it would just like squirm its way out. I would think. It's really, really weird. <laughs> like I, but each show I did put less straps on it. I got more and more confident, but it's still sketchy. Never pushed the limit too far, though, right? Never fell over. No, not yet. Hey, that's it, man. I think you got it down to a science. But that's a good point. I never thought about. You always think about riding it. You're like, oh, I could ride this thing for long distances, but I, I would never. You know, you think now I got to shove it in the back of a truck, and you're like, well, how am I going to do that? Well, at first. <laughs> took it out i like i got stuck on the side of the road i broke like the kicker gear broke or whatever so uh, people were asking me to help and i'm like i mean unless you got a fucking trailer there's nothing we can really do i'm sort of taking the front end off but actually a guy really nice guy did have a trailer and he came right back for me so dude that's awesome and you got the yeah. high sissy bar too so you, you there's a yeah. lot of uh it's a it's an unwieldy uh thing to transport Yep. And then this other one's got an even taller sissy bar. So So let's get into this, man. You're building a bike for People's Champ 10, right? Yep. So let's talk about, before we even get into the details of the bike, how did you decide that you were going to enter? And how did you decide what you were going to, what you were going to enter? So the way it worked out was, like showing the yellow bike all season just like i wasn't really working on anything i did that sissy bar for jerry's uh motorcycle art extravaganza show and yep. that kept me busy for like a month or something but i didn't have any real projects going on other than my buddy bubba uh the guy who painted the yellow bike vintage groove paint he mm-hmm. he got this shovel head like a year ago and he treated a bike for it. And then we just brought it straight here and we've just been fucking around on it. Like I've been tinkering with it here and there. And over the year he bought like a new frame for it. Cause the other one was fucked. And then he bought a new motor for it. And then he got a new Springer for it. So like he's been putting pieces to it, but I was really, I don't know. I think I was just getting lazy over the summer. Sure. And not, not working on it at all and then people's champ like i wasn't even considering it forgot all about it really 
And then when it they open submissions up like right after the show, I, usually there's like some downtime, but they opened up submissions and I was like, you know what? I might, I might try this with Bubba's bike. And then that way, like the majority of the stuff was already here, but I was just going to throw it together and get it out of here if it didn't get in. But now that it's in, it's like, all right, I'm redoing everything, taking it all back apart starting from scratch so that's where we're at now with so let's talk about what it is we're looking at a 1980 shovel right yep it's a shovel head motor in a a b-twin replica wishbone frame and then it's got that cannonball i-beam springer from ww cycles so Essentially, like, the guy we he got it off of, it was so fucked. He's, like, this tweaker from Ohio, and this thing was so shitty. Everything about it was, like, sketchy. You couldn't trust it. So it was, like, the more things we could get rid of and replace, the, the more comfortable I felt. And now we're down to literally the transmission is the only thing left from that original bike and the front wheel. Oh, shit. Okay. Every single part has been <laughs> replaced. So you, you, he had gotten the bike, so the motor's been replaced and everything? Yeah, that he uh, tra- had like a some SNS stroker in it, and then he traded that to our guy Jebby for this motor built by uh, a local legend who just passed away, Robbie, he, or Iron Man. He built this motor for another local guy, John Humphrey, and John Humphrey's the one who put the uh, the Eagles on the – rocker boxes and stuff like yeah the whole whole motor is gone over and it's got like a few holes on it uh, it's already broken in and then humphrey put these beautiful like castings on the rocker boxes that i've you'll never see another one like it so i've never seen anything like that i was going to ask you about how those got on there because i've never seen somebody weld to the actual rocker boxes like that yeah, man, it's it's so wild. Like he, uh, they're actually there. I believe he said they were off of a shed. Like he works at an aluminum casting foundry. Oh, okay. so he casted those eagles that you see on like the flagpoles on a shed. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he just casted those made them aluminum and then just welded them right on there and they're solid everyone's like oh they're gonna break off they're not i mean i know he went to the hospital because he stabbed himself on one of the wings so oh fuck. they're fucking off. <laughs> yeah so they'll they'll take some uh some impact oh did i lose you there yeah yeah it cut out i just put my phone on airplane mode is that if that helps i don't know yeah it might i don't know why it's cutting in and out i take mine off i'll try taking mine off my home wi-fi too because i might be slowing it down but um yeah the eagles are fucking sweet man and it doesn't stab your leg does it when it's uh when you're sitting up on the the seat there on the seat oh did i did i cut in and out again there a little bit 
Yeah. So I, before I cut out there, I was just saying whether that that eagle on the the back cylinder does that poke into your leg when you're sitting on the seat? Um, uh, we don't know yet. I like probably, <laughs> but <laughs> had like on it yet. And then once it gets padding and stuff, but I'm thinking once you get a little padding and depending on where I put the like foot controls, we'll see. Nice man. But, it's super unique, though. I've never, like I said, I've never seen anybody do it. As soon as it, you posted that picture of the close-up of the motor, and I was like, "Holy shit! Look at that, man!" Yeah, that's. What I told Humphrey, the guy who Johnny ninety nine Customs. Um, I told him as soon as I entered, I was like, "If we get in, it's because of these this these rocker boxes, man." Right. I mean, it's definitely a, a big draw for sure. But that frame is also super cool. Just looking at it in that close-up picture, you got these like, um, I don't know what you would call them, but like where the tubes nest in at that 45 degree bend in the front, they kind of nest into these little uh, brackets almost that have a bar going in between them. I've never seen a a frame with that before. Uh, Well, it's a replica wishbone, but yeah, usually... I, you're talking about like the castings like yeah yep you got those castings in the front yeah so essentially like that's how i guess they all were made but from over the years of being painted and they just get covered up and you can you can't tell that it's going from like tubing to a casting but that was a big that's a one of the key parts of the bike not necessarily at that specific spot we're going to cat like mold the shit out of that area, but like the neck castings and the axle plates, um, we're going to leave those areas unbonded so yep. that you can tell that it's casted. And we'll, we're going to like, I'm going to needle scale the castings to try to make them all look consistent from where I cut stuff off and grinded it and stuff. And what is needle scale? It's like I've been telling people it's like a tattoo gun for metal. So it's just like a bunch of little metal rods in this pneumatic handheld gun. And it just it's like people use it to like take off like old paint and like really caked up stuff off of like industrial shit. I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. Clean stuff, but I wanted to add a little bit of texture back to that those areas. So it just That's puts cool. like a whole bunch of little dimples, kind of like banging it with a thousand little hammers. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. And those cast axle plates too, that is a fucking hot commodity, man. We were just talking with Shovel Sam, who has, I think, one of the Fab Kevin Hardtails. And there's that, uh, I can't remember the name of the account, but there's a guy who just makes the the axle plates themselves. And he makes oh. like the neck castings. And it's a fucking, it's a pretty penny. People really want that, that look. Yeah. He makes them in stainless and stuff too. Yeah. Do you remember his Instagram handle? I don't mean to not shout him out. I just can't remember off the top of my head. I think, I think Repetto might've him for that knuckle he's doing. I, actually, I want to say, I think it's, um, stainless hardtail choppers or something like that. Yeah. Hardtail choppers, John Grant is the guy that makes it's hardtailchoppers.com is the website. If anybody wanted to check it out, but his Instagram is hardtail choppers and he makes the net castings. He makes the axle plate castings and 
limited runs. Yeah, I think he does some in stainless, some in mild, but they sell out every fucking time. I don't know Mike from 47 Industries. He's I think it's, he's over in Jersey or something or Maryland, but uh, he also uses those axle plates for his hardtails. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And those came on the frame that you got it in, huh? Yeah, it's a V-twin replica frame, so it's it came with everything, like all the brackets on the neck casting and the toolbox mount, like all the things that are specific for a panhead wishbone frame, essentially. Gosh. But that leads us into other things of why it was such a pain in the ass this whole time. Did, so, with that frame gave you some trouble? Yeah, because it's narrow in the back, like it's like eight and three quarter inches in between those axle plates. And oh, yeah, yeah, that is narrow. So yeah, like trying to get discs, like we I was, we were going to run discs and we couldn't, I had it work like lined up on the old setup, but I hated it. And then got another brake mounting plate or whatever. Yep. That would throw it off even more. And then apparently it's just sketchy. Like you can make it work, but there's very little room for spacers. You have to make them like super thin. And I wanted to go with the mechanical brake just because I think they look better. They definitely. Yeah, exactly. And then at the time we thought we were going with the hydraulic brake. So I cut off the brake crossover off the frame. So then I had to, we got the new wheel on the back and then I had to make a new crossover plate or crossover support, I guess. God, gotcha. just working backwards essentially. Yeah, dude, that's quite a bit. I never even uh, considered how much that can throw it off. The fact that it's so narrow like that. So is, is it narrow because on the drum brake, it's a narrower setup and it was going to disc that caused the problem. Yeah. Yep. Apparently like, they're notorious for being, difficult to convert to disc yeah um, like i've heard from a couple of buddies who have done it and then the final nail in the coffin was just i called my buddy who did it and he's like yeah i did it and, and i just didn't like it once it was finished it sketched me out because you can get a shimmy i guess like no matter how accurate and perfect it is you can still get like a high speed wobble and oh just from like the sl- it being the slightest bit off yeah and like if you're if your brake pads are dragging at all on the rotor, you can lock it up and all this, all this stuff. I was just trying to avoid by, we had the stock axle and spacers. We just needed the wheel. And I love the idea of plugging that in and it just fitting. So. Yeah, absolutely. So so are you going to stick with the disc or you're going back to the drum? So it is now switched over to mechanical. That was like two weeks ago tough pill for Bubba to swallow because he had to shell out the cash, but whatever. Yeah, that is, that is definitely tricky. It's time too. you know, you get invested, you've done a lot of work to make the other one work and then you got to. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. I, I mean, that old wheel is the perfect setup. It's got brand new bearings. It's got two options for brakes. Um, like I made all the spacers for it and stuff. And then we just ripped it out. Yeah, but, it looks really fresh. It looks like a brand new. Yeah, wheel. If, anyone, if anyone wants a a rear wheel setup, black with chrome spokes, hit me up. 
There you go. I know a guy that's selling one. So is this oil tank stock? And is that the oil filter sticking out the left-hand side there? So that was the old oil tank. Got a new one. We went back to a stock oil tank, um, just the regular. But that one that was on there that you're talking about with the oil filter sticking out, that's actually the same oil tank that is on my yellow bike. It's like a Paco aftermarket oil tank. But the yellow like cut it all up and make work. It fit all right on this one, but the I wanted to do the stock setup for the sake of oil lines and um oh this one part that we're getting for the battery tray. But it's this crazy bracket that and I wanted is there a picture of the new oil tank? Hmm. That yeah. it might not be on here yet. But either way, so is the new one still a horseshoe where the battery is going to sit in it, or is it uh, you're now going to have a battery tray that's separate from the oil tank? The new one is just a regular stock horseshoe with the battery inside it, no oil filter. I have one of those panhead like external ones we might throw in, but. Yeah like throw it in front of the oil tank or something. I don't know. But as of now, it's got no filter. Gotcha. Any pictures of it? I believe my story would have one. Okay. I'll take a look on there. But so it's basically, you got this thing set up. Looks like open belt, jockey shift. Well, it's going to be tank shift. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got another picture on here with the tank shift on there. So there's quite a bit that goes into this tank shift here. Do you want to take us through what it was like putting that thing together? That, I mean, it was, that was kind of fun. It was like, just, I was just, I don't know, more or less freestyling out here trying to figure out. I knew in my head how I wanted it to look like. I wanted it to be super tight to the tank and I wanted to put like a shift gate on there. Like there was old like the old bikes have but with the the throw of it like just i don't know i didn't like i don't know what ratios and stuff with leverage and linkage where there's like a six inch throw forward and then like six inches back so it's it's a a lot of room it needs maybe not quite that but (laughs) you'd have to have yeah quite a a a really long gate if you were going to put it on there exactly so, yeah, I just ended up, like, I don't know, fucking around with welds for a while and then made some shit on the lathe. And essentially, like, I, I keep telling people, a lot of what is on Instagram right now for this is, like, kind of rough drafts or, like, proof of concept. And then once I get it, like, enough of it together, I'm going to go back and clean up all the parts, either make new ones, like, with tighter tolerances or whatever. Like right now I have bushings like bronze bushings behind that shifter, but I might redo it. And like, I don't know, use like thrust washers with the roller bearings in them or something. Oh, there you go. But yeah, like there's a lot of ideas I have, but I just want to, I want to get as much of them on the bike before voting just to like show where I'm going. And then I'll go back and, like the gas tank right now looks like a hot mess, but 
It'll, I'm curious to know where the gas tank is going. I don't want you to spoil anything that you don't want to put out there, but is a very unique. Do you want to touch on like what it is you've done to the gas tank here? Well, it's, yeah, it was like one of those days where I wanted to give up because the day before I, I took off work and I spent the entire day hiding the mounting pads for the gas tank. So I had like a, a whole day into the gas tank prior to cutting it open. And the plan was to cut the top of the gas tank and flip it over and just have like a dished effect mm-hmm. and as well in. Well, we flipped it over and the, it, since it's like a high tunnel, it hit the tunnel when we flipped it over it like bottoms out before it is flush with the seam or whatever so i see what you're saying yeah i kind of panicked and i just made like i just cut another piece out of sheet metal the same shape and welded that in so that's fine now like everything clears and it's still good it has the effect i'm going for with from the side i wanted it to be fairly flat so now there's like this cool cool little uh, like s shape to it if you're looking at it from a profile and then once it's done it'll be molded and beautiful where it'll almost like it'll be a frame on the top and then still coming up with ideas of what to put in the middle whether it's a transfer but i feel like that's um almost too easy like i want to i've seen guys mold like objects into their tanks and i kind of want to try that that would be sick. Yeah, because it definitely, I mean, the way it looks right now, you could see that that initially people might be like, oh, there's going to be a portrait here because it has that kind of effect of like a, of a yeah. frame, you know? Without a question, there, the molding is going to be like real, I don't know, it's going to be really high. But yes, you're right. It's exactly, it looks like a, an old portrait frame. It's that state, like same shape, so it would make sense to put one in there. He was talking about putting like a picture of his grandparents' wedding photo, like an old school picture, but I don't know. I want to do like a big middle finger with like Bondo poured over it. So it's like, (laughs) right. That would be cool, man. I've never, uh, it's definitely you're getting some, some elements on here that you just don't see a lot of places. And I, but no doubt the molding is going to be, Totally different ballgame because I know when we back when we were talking about the Ironhead last time you were on the show, that one had a, had a some molding on the frame too, right? Oh yeah, a ton of it. Bunch. Yeah, this one, you're saying uh, that uh, you feel like every every bike you do from here on out is going to have molding work on it. So I'm I'm very curious to see what you where you end up putting the molds on this one. Yeah, this one like I love molding because it hides a lot of stuff that I like aren't my strong points. Sure. Um, or like, I don't know, you can, you can cover so much with it. Not that I'm like putting out shit. It's just, if it's going to be covered, like, I don't care if my tank has a dent that's got filler in it. Like I'm okay with that. Right. Right. Some people want all metal. That's okay too, but I don't give a shit what it looks like underneath. So that's why it looks the way it does now. Like I just smacked weld all over this thing. And I haven't pressure tested it yet because I still got to put the filler caps in, but I'm like, I'm just going to keep welding it until it holds and then cover it with Bondo. 
There you go, man. And the tank is going to look sweet because it's it's a solid, looks like ha- a quarter inch to half inch raised up section where that frame kind of dishes out in the top. So with the molding on there, it's really going to be dynamic. It's it's not like it's just coming up a tiny little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing I was trying to think, like, I've never seen anyone with a complete flat top. Yeah. And I was the- I've never seen it. Like in line, like make the the line in line with the down tube, so from the side it it just looks flat. Yeah, it's going to be a really unique. And is the is where's the uh, the filler cap going to go? Is it going to be in that frame, or is it going to be out uh, like outside of it? Two of them inside the frame, but they're going to be real small. I think they're only like inch and a half, but there's going to be two of them because. We can't go in the. We can't put one in the middle because that goddamn tunnel's there. Yeah, dude, that tunnel is really. You have a picture of, of what it looks like with the top cut off, and that tunnel is damn near flush with the top of the tank. It's way up there. Yeah, it was like one of the, we cut it open. I was like, God damn it, dude. Also, I gotta say, I've never seen this before. But you got this picture. You guys cutting this, cutting the top of the the tunnel or top of the tank off, and the guy mm-hmm. cutting it is actually wearing a face shield and has the guard on the grinder. <laughs> I didn't know that either of these things existed in the real world. That's me. Yeah, because I get metal in my eye all the fucking time, and I have a really good friend from high school, eye doctor, and he he gets he doesn't get pissed, but I, I hate having to see him to get metal out of my eye. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, listen. You got to start doing Yeah, and you got the glasses under it, too. You're taking yep. all the precautions, man. You're not fucking around. Yeah, you should see me. I Like, I've got my stupid-ass headphones on, usually. And then they're, like, hanging off the back like a DJ. And then I have my glasses and then my mat, that face shield. That's what I was doing all morning. Yeah. With this, and just grinding. That's the real deal right there, man. Did you send this this video to your friend just so he knows how <laughs> how diligent you're being? Well, that's the fucking bitch of it is I'll still get metal in my eye. Like, I'll still <laughs> see him and he'll, he won't believe me. That yeah, I that's why him. you got to save this. That's It's good you recorded this because you need the proof when you have to, if you do go back to see him, like, listen, there's nothing I could do. Yep. It just, I swear to God, they're like magnets. Sawdust. <laughs> yeah, the sawdust, man, I'm with you on that one. No matter what, I, I'll cut one little piece of like, baseboard trim and then just bam both eyes and i'm like what the fuck dude but i'll do all this grinding with just safety glasses on like down on the bridge of my nose and i never seem to get the metal in there so go figure but this fender is also an interesting setup because usually you see chunkier sidewall this is like super streamlined on the back and you've got these tiny little sections going down on the side. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Those are like little side skirts. I dreamt up way back. Those were, uh, I put those on like a year ago because I just like the idea of it, but yeah, they're, I call, I call them side skirts. I don't know what else to call them, but, and then there's another little tree. I don't think I have any pictures of it up there yet. Um, the bottom fender mount off of like welded to the fender and then attaches to the frame under like the oil tank is this, like it's a cast iron hand or something. I don't know. It's a, 
it's a magnet stuck to it, so I used it, but it's actually like a doorknob off of a dresser. Oh, shit. That's wild. Yeah, it's really bizarre. My mother-in-law gave my daughter a birthday cake, and she had these hands on this cake, and I pulled them out, and they were, like, threaded. I'm like, what the fuck? You bolt these things to this cake? But <laughs> she was like, I thought they'd be cool. I don't know. I saw them. So she then I had them in my garage forever. And then I was like it, but it was two right hands or something like that. So I couldn't do, I wanted to make them holding my taillight. Yep. But it was two right hands. So I just used the one and I welded that to the fender. So now it looks like that hand is like holding the fender on. It's pretty sweet. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. You'll have to, when you throw a picture up of that one, I'm, I'm curious to see what it looks like. Yeah. I got like close-ups of it and stuff. Because you really can't see it unless you're looking for it. And even then, it's hard to see. But Yeah, it's one of those spots where, like, you'd really have to take a knee, you know, yep. to notice it. But that's some of the coolest stuff on, on builds like this because people will. That's what they're going to be doing is taking a look at all the little nooks and crannies, you know? Yep, that's the goal. So this- That's, like, my favorite part is, like, adding little details that 9 out of 10 people won't notice, but someone will. Right. So these side skirts, are these side skirts welded to that sissy bar or do they go down all the way to the mounting pole? They are bolted to the sissy bar. I was very particular on I want because I've done that before where I welded the fender, the sissy bar all together. And I hate like it's just not practical. You can't you need to have them removable. So I welded studs to the inside of the sissy bar and then drill holes in those side skirts. And then there's, there is, unfortunately there's a nut on the back that you can see if you look at it from the directly from the back, you can see the nuts, but other than I, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Down at the bottom where the two bars join, mm-hmm. but that's still a pretty, like, especially if that nut is like a, or excuse me, if the stud is about the size of the nut and it doesn't like go way beyond it, that's still a pretty clean way to set that up. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it it ends right where, like the nut is right behind where like the taper meets the sissy bar. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's probably, so it's higher than I was thinking. I was thinking it was down below where they look to be uh, welded together. Oh yeah, no, it's above that. Nice. Yeah, so that's like a, that's a really tight way to mount it. And that's another one of those things that you just very rarely do. I see anybody do that kind of setup because at least from the side, it, the, the side skirt just disappears and it's not immediately obvious what's happening there. And that's kind of a cool feature. Mm-hmm. So the sissy bar is a big yep. look it at is. this motherfucker. How tall is that? Heavy duty. I don't even, I don't know. It's taller than me. If I, if it's on the ground, it's, it's over six foot. Um, I don't know the exact measurements of it from the axle, but yeah, it's fucking tall, but and it's like, it's heavy. That's the main thing. Like I'm, I don't know what it's going to do going down the road. Like it's heavy, but it's also really stiff. So like, I know usually when you use thicker sissy bars like they vibrate more but since this has two smaller rods i don't know i i'm very curious but i'm also gonna like 
beef up this seat pan to the point where it weighs like a hundred pounds. So oh shit, it'll be very structural. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like even if it, I mean, it's, it shakes the most at the top, but like, I suppose you could always like triangulate something down in the lower area if you had to give it additional support. Yeah. My goal is to like, I have this idea that's really hard to explain for the mounting system on the back, or at least an extra mounting setup where I'm going to make like 20 little tabs, but, and they, from a distance, they'll look like they are the sheet metal behind the seat. So it'll look like the fabric that the seat, you know, like, under, if you flip the seat over, you can see where like they stretch the leather around and then they rivet it. So yeah. it kind of got little like uh, I don't even know like I, or like pleats almost yeah, like little tabs. And so I'm gonna cut tabs and use those as mounting points. So from the back, it'll just look like it's it'll look like almost like that's the fabric of the seat. But that's neat, man. Yeah, this is one of those things that I think I know what you're saying. But sometimes on the audio only podcast, it can be tough to describe. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it in like uh, whenever that picture goes up. Yeah, it'll it'll be coming soon because I got to get this seat pan done. So what is the the plan for the seat pan? Because I don't think there's a picture here. All I see is that solo seat. So that might not even be up yet. That's also in my story. I just finished it this morning. Damn it. Um, It. Oh, I see it. Yep, I got it here in the story. Okay, so this is like we're for the for the listeners. If the story's not still there when you look, oh shit, it gets even more complex on the second picture. Yeah. It, All right, take it, us through this. It's just like a really exaggerated king and queen. Um, it, like the backrest for the queen, king is almost as high as the queen's backrest. Yeah. The, so the backrest for the for the the king is looking like about two feet tall. Yeah, it actually is. It's 24 inches. Cause that's the Listen, I eyed it up, but I just knew. <laughs> and then the other one looks closer to two and a half. Um, dude, I cannot wait. Is, please tell me somebody's going to sit on the back of this and ride with you. I mean, we're, we're talking about calling it the, the, I think Bubba wants to call it the cooter catcher. Dude. And perfect name. Yep. <laughs> most of our wives are like, Fuck that. Yeah, there's like, no, no dudes are going to ride on this. I'll tell you that much. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, go check his story to see what we're talking about, and you'll, you'll get it immediately. Yeah, I'll by the, the time this comes out, I'll, is this for tomorrow? This is for tomorrow. Sick. All right, yeah. I'll post a picture of the seat pan because I'll have. Perfect. Yeah, dude, this is so fucking wild. I love it. Yeah, like that was the whole concept of this bike it's like exaggerated proportions dr seuss whimsical weird but still tasteful not too out there yeah no i I dig it man and it's going to be comfortable as fuck for you yeah exactly the rider is going to like that's what today i was looking around i was trying to find i want some like one inch c channel because I need to make sure that that King's backrest is super stiff. So I want to slap something thin in there in between the two pieces that keeps it 
really rigid, but uh, are you talking about like putting putting the C channel up either side of the the backrest? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just to keep like any I mean it'd be nice to have a little bounce, but I don't feel like trying to calculate the perfect amount uh, and then having it break once it's on there. So Yeah, and that's one of those things where I feel like there is no <laughs> Maybe scientists in a lab somewhere could calculate that, but it seems to me more of a, like, I'm going to put my back against this and, like, push my body back and just be like, oh, that seems about right. Yeah, exactly. Kind of deal. Also, it's so tall that I feel like no matter what, within reason, I think no matter what, you're going to get at least a little bit of flex. Yeah. I, we'll see. Because, like, C-channel is super rigid, but it depends on how I – if I triangulate in that right. – that little area under the seat that I have. Yep. Or in that, the camel hump or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Yeah. It's like an Eiffel tower, that, that middle one, the way both ends kind of like swoop up to meet in the middle. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's everything I'm doing on it. I'm like, is this right? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't think there's such a thing, right? It's like, you just kind of see how it shakes out. The part I'm looking at right now though, that, it would be super dope is if you're traveling somewhere and you throw a duffel bag on that rear seat, it's like so well cradled. Oh yeah. Throw like one strap, like around that, that section. So it can't fall out sideways and like, it'll just hold in there so nicely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I was nervous like up until now about how, how straight up and down it was going to be. To, in order to be parallel with the sissy bar, but I don't know. Oh, now that talking it's, about like for the um, like matching the angle of the backrest to the sissy bar is very important to me. Right, right, yep. So that they're both one isn't like tilted forward and the other's back. Yeah, and the sissy bar is already decided. It was already like planted there as far as where I drill holes for the side skirts and everything. So. There was no change in that, but I just kind of moved, like rolled it back a little bit onto the fender, and now it's. I think it looks great. Oh yeah, dude, it's it's rad, and I love what you did up at the top where you got the uh, the one that's it kind of like sneaks in. So we didn't even mention this, but it's two bars. It's almost like two sissy bars going up in tandem, but then the one that's on the front sneaks in and bends through the other one at the tip. Yep. That's yeah, that was a weird process in itself. Yeah, how'd you get that bend? Because that seems like a really tight angle to get on both because you're doing like a, a bend one way and then immediately turning the turning back and going out. I think I honestly I'm trying to remember. Like we I know we bent both sissy bars the same and then the other one we bent one tighter and then got like the angle of the I don't know what you want to call it that point out at the top yep pull back we got that angle and then i tacked it and then heated the piss out of it and then bent them bent them straight down again so there was like some heating welding heating bending i don't know i was winging it expecting to like have to redo it a couple times but it worked out the first try oh that's awesome man well, I think after all the uh, difficulties you had with the rear wheel, you deserve a win somewhere in here. Oh, man. 
that's not even the half of it. Like that whole rear section has been haunting me since we started this. But oh, come to think of it, now I can see the wheel. I can see the 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 drum brake on it in the story here. Oh yeah, 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 and the oil tanks on there too. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice man. Yep. And I can see the the other side of because in the other one you posted about the jockey shift, you couldn't see how how it attached to the transmission. And now I, I recognize the piece that you had in, in another one of your posts here. Is this a uh, um, ratchet top? Yeah. Okay. Nice. I hear good. I hear that's the one everybody wants. I yeah, they're ideal for sure. As far as ease of use, parts availability, and like the linkage doesn't get as shitty on these like they do on the cow pies. Right. Yeah. I just hear one bad thing after another about the cow pies. It's uh it's a tricky thing. Oh, okay. And I can see the, the oil tank and you got a little video posted up where I can finally see this other stuff here too. So this break, you've got this little sprung setup. Yeah. Linkage. Let's talk about that. Is this, it looks like you have a kicker gear spring attached to the drum, which I assume is to like take the tension off of the, the brake when you, when you lift your foot off of this, is that stock that, that crossover rod? No. So, well, there is a stock crossover tube. Is that the tube? Is that where it goes? That's where the tube normally is. Yes. So normally that tube would like, it would, it crosses over behind the seat post there it's like more it's like casted in to the bottom of the seat post and like the motor mount and trans mount all that are in one then this tube it has bushings inside of it and like grease zerks and stuff so that comes the whole way through out the other side like out to your kicker side and then it's just a crossover essentially to get your brake side to cross over the bike and then go back to the drum side but since we thought we were going disc, I cut that off when I like when I got the frame. Oh, so sure. <laughs> I had no crossover tube, and then in that case, there was no way to support that that rod that we need to use now that it's mechanical. So I I just made a quick bracket and like put the bushing back in it to support that crossover. But then I was I wanted a Normally, there's just like a hole on that bracket for the brake crossover where you just attach a spring to, and it's just a normal old brake return. But this one, yeah, I took, since I didn't have that solid tube covering my crossover, it was kind of exposed. I had the luxury of being able to attach to that crossover rod. So, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because otherwise that would have been all within the shroud of the, the tube. Exactly. Yeah, it would have been covered. And that's what I thought. I was like, man, I should make these. Like, people are loving this. But without cutting out your crossover, you can't use it. So I bet people still would, though. They'd, they'd cut that shit out and do this. But I don't know. Like, I guess you could. You'd have, Yeah. No, You'd have to, that. yeah, it'd be a lot of work though. I see what you're saying. Like it's, it's a difficult place to reach with a grinder. Yeah. And it's stupid to like cut your crossover. Cause I still don't know 
when I go to finish weld, I just have it tacked right now, but when I go to finish weld, it's probably going to move and then bind up and get it all shitty. So what part needs to be finish welded? The actual uh... bracket to the frame on the kicker side. So that was, if you're looking at pictures, that was probably like a couple weeks ago. It looks like it is already welded in to the, to the seat post there. No. Oh, you can't really see it. Under that last video with that spring and everything, the kicker spring. Yep. You can't even fucking see it. It's underneath that. Man. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So the, the point being, there's another piece that is going gonna, is gonna to move a little under some heat. Yeah, there's potential there. But we'll see. I mean, right now it moves like a dream. So I just got to hopefully welding on each side will keep it straight. Who knows? Yeah, I'm looking at that return, and it's like that's a that is a dream right there. That's like a disc brake kind of return. Yeah, so that that's kicker spring. Like I knew I wanted because I love the look of springs, and especially them two next to each other. Like once that kicker return spring is on there, and then that springs there, it'll be like two circles next to each other. I like that. Yeah, the inside of a mechanical watch where you just see all these like manual springs, you know? And all I did was I found this collar with like a set screw in it. So, and then I just took like a little, I put it on the bandsaw and just took like a half of a, I don't know, I'd say a 16th of an inch cut halfway through this collar. And then... So now you can slip the collar on. I'm going to dimple the rod so that the set screw has a spot to stay. But you just set it there at like uh, pretty much like one at six o'clock. And then wherever you want your spring to like end up at, put that at 12 o'clock and you're good. So it worked out way easier than I thought it was going to. So that was a win. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, it's a, it really is a cool setup. And how does it attach? I'm trying to see if I can see a photo of how it actually attaches to the to the drum in the back. You just got an arm off the other side and there's like a, a there's a long rod. A metal rod, yep, that goes from the the arm off the drum the whole way up to that opposite end of the rod. There's like yeah. another piece now how do the drum brakes have you ridden one well actually your iron head would have one right your iron head's a drum in the back yep sure does works like shit i was gonna say because i had an xs and it works like shit and i was wondering <laughs> how does the have you ever ridden the big twin one is it any better than the sporty never, never ridden like a uh, big twin with drum brakes but i hear great things but i'm sure it's better than the iron head the iron head blew up on me at uh the brakes the brake backing plate like exploded in the parking lot of congregation when we were loading up what happened to it it just like it was a lot for for like months it was locking up at low speeds but i figured low speeds that's okay like when you come to a stop sign it'll like skid to a stop but i if you knew to expect it you were fine and it was doing that in the parking lot but i was like this is normal and I was trying to get the bike back to the box truck and there was like traffic and shit. And I just tapped them and they locked up. But then it like, I just heard like exploding metal and then metal shoot across the parking lot. 
and some guy like handed me this like six inch chunk of brake backing plate. I was like, oh, oh. fuck, what causes that? So I learned after posting a picture of it that this happens to a lot of iron head owners and it's all comes down to like this one little spacer that no one thinks you need because it's not on all iron head setups. And yeah, so there's like, essentially there's twisting going on on that aluminum backing plate where I didn't use a, I used a different kind of spacer and that in turn did not support the backing plate enough and it got flex every time it was used. So, and you think that's that caused it to lock up? Who have had that same thing happen. Gotcha. Wow. Fuck, man. Who knew? I know. It's so bizarre. Like, we, we were all chalking it up to us being idiots, not knowing what we were doing. But then, with the, how many people reached out, like, this same thing happened to me. I was like, oh, okay. This is not not new and then one guy reached out and was like it's you there's this spacer that essentially needs to be you need the the backing plate the spacer and then your frame all to be sandwiched together and right now it's just kind of like a locating pin that kind of floats around it it stays still but it doesn't provide like a sandwich effect gotcha Shit, man. Well, I'm glad you found out at low speed instead of uh, when it was when you needed it badly. Yep. No, there were some people messaging me shit from high speeds, and it was scary. Oh, I bet, really? dude. Do you lose the brakes as soon as it breaks? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Mine, since I was in the parking lot, they locked up, and it like cracked the it cracked some molding. Um. It and then it kind of wedged itself. So you could only push the bike backwards. So we're pushing this like 10 foot long bike backwards through a parking lot, like hammered. It, it was a uh, interesting. Jesus. Yeah, dude. That's like you said, all the aspects of moving that thing around are kind of a pain. Oh dude, I could see in this video, the hand finally. Yeah. 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 All right. That's fucking cool. Yeah, dude. It's really neat. Cause it kind of almost makes it look like there's a, there's an arm, there's an arm coming off of the frame and it's pushing the fender away, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and I had to add like, I had to add like, I don't know, half inch to that wrist of the, the hand. hand. Yeah. Yeah. It, that stupid little piece has so much time into it. And it's, I don't know. So listen, I, guys, when you end up seeing this bike in, in public, make sure you talk about this hand. Yeah. <laughs> don't let this part go unnoticed there's hours into it there really is for a metal i don't even know what the fuck it is that's rad though i never seen never seen a mount like that so you can see this and then they got the whole plate for the um it's just so neat to see these things in a hardtail frame and see how like how the oil tank is supported is that is the oil tank always supported like that where you've got that plate coming off the back of the frame was that a well actually you said yes it was a replica frame so probably okay um that's another reason i wanted that was because yeah that stock battery tray setup is just i think nicer and then the yeah they're they're naturally not supported well because they only those two front tabs 
but then you just add a third one in the back somewhere and then you're good like it doesn't bounce like it wants to right, but right. there's this um butts seats makes this really nice bracket that it takes care of all the issues in one like it has a, a strap for your battery and it just drops in and it goes over your the seat crossover tube thing. It like loops over those and just kind of suspends everything from that. So it's like the, the perfect invention. It is pretty sweet. Yeah, it looks super substantial. Is that just two arms coming out back off of the down tube or is it a whole shelf because it looks you can only see it from the side of the video you got on the page here but it looks like it's a full shelf yeah yeah it's a full shelf goes the whole way to the back of the oil tank oh that's sick dude yeah so you can't you're not just counting on a little tab not that i feel like an oil tank would break it but you get the weight of the oil tank the weight of the battery you hit some good bumps you never know and then yeah bouncing and stuff and then three quarts of oil whatever that weighs so yeah, that's a fucking rock solid setup right there. Is this motor a motor that you know is running or is this, is there, is there potential that uh, the motor might need work? No, the guy that um, it came from, he, he builds, he's like a legend um, around here and like just everywhere. But he, he had this motor in like, he would put it in, a couple different show bikes. I know it's been in at least two of his bikes and he sent me a video of it running. He gave me the rundown of what it's got in it. Like it's got brand new, brand new, everything except the juice. Yeah, no, it's everything from the bottom up is rebuilt, but um, like brand new oil pump, Weisco pistons. Um, It had ported and polished heads, but they, cracked when they put the valve guides back in so now they're just stock heads but other than that like it's everything's brand new and it's got like 500 miles or so on it so it's like it's broken i know it was well maintained through him and he's a buddy so like if anything ever did happen i i would just call him and ask what to do yeah yeah it looks like it's been well taken care of what are you thinking for carb on it Oh, I'm glad you asked. Electron. Oh, shit. <laughs> I guess technically a sponsor now. Um, they, Electron reached out. I don't, I don't know if they do this to all Biltwell People's Champ guys or pick people that don't have carburetors, obviously, lined up or whatever. But they reached out and they were like, hey, we'd like to hook you up with a carburetor. I'm like, dude, I've dreamed of having Electron. But when you say hook up, do you mean like help out or for free? He's like, no, for free, man. Just tag us. (laughs) That's awesome, dude. So what, uh, what carb is it? Do do they make more than one where you get to pick which one you you want to use? Electron makes, they make carbs for like, they're from what I gather, I think they're just like, I mean, they're mainly in the off-road industry Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of like metric stuff, but they have Harley options for all, pretty much all Harleys, but you just pick like your cubic inch and then that tells you the size of like you get the, the Electron 250 or the Electron 300. But it's, I think they're like just trying to like 
show people that, hey, these are good carbs for Harleys too. So. Oh, I see it on their, their website here. I just pulled it up and they got, uh, it's almost like it's big. Yeah, they got, they call them HD. You got the 250, the 300 and the 400. And it's just based on the side, the, the cubic inch of your motor. So like an 80 inch would be a HD 300 according to their site, at least. What a fucking wild looking carburetor this is. I love that. Like, it's like black on the bottom. It almost looks like an upside down magneto on the bottom. We'll get like the clear bowls. Like if you look through their Instagram a little bit, there's a lot of oh, yeah. like Instagram. Yeah. It's so cool looking. Dude, this is, yeah, this is rad. This is a very uh, interesting carb for this kind of thing. I wonder if they're, I mean, if they're sponsoring builds, I'm sure they're all the fuck about trying to get into the Harley market. Cause I don't know too many people that are running them. No, me neither, man. I've never seen one in person on a Harley. I mean, I, I shows and stuff I've seen, but like never in the wild. Um, and I've always been fascinated by them cause they're like, they're adjustment free. Like, you they they work off like barometric pressure or something so a lot of sense because there are some fucking hoses coming off of this thing they self-adjust so like you can like you i get from what i understand you put in some like preliminary settings or something and then i guess once you get it running it's it's good i don't know oh dude yeah it said their their instagram page says electron llc no jets allowed. So I'm getting yeah. the sense that there aren't even fucking jets in this thing. Yeah. So you can literally like ride to like North America's highest peak and not have to pull over and fuck with your jets. Dude, that is, I see the clear bowl you're talking about now, by the way, which is fucking rad. So you can actually see the fuel sitting down in the bottom of it. Yeah. So I got some, yeah. some digging to do now. I'm curious to know how this fucking works. I know I feel bad I haven't like researched it more since hearing about it but like I mean I've always known about them but since they reached out and said they're sending one I was like no fucking way oh shit somebody's got a dual car one a, a dual car, a dual electron shovel head on their Instagram page here that's when you just when you just want all the experimentation yeah <laughs> I, it turns out you can like they make them to bolt right up to an SNS manifold. But I at first I was like I don't even know what fucking manifold I need. Probably that one, right? SNS. Yeah, yeah. They make them for SNS, and then I guess uh, you can use a Makuni too if you need something else, like a bigger one. I forget. But yeah, I'm just gonna like swap out the tubing for like a color match tubing of whatever color gets painted, and then maybe a clear bowl yeah do the clear bowl is that seems like a must unless yeah. it doesn't work as good as the other one for some reason but it would be super dope because i never was, seen that. my fear was it like turning yellow or something over the years but i feel like clear stuff and gasoline always turns yellow but yeah I'm, i was more worried about it having leak issues because i know people always said that they had issues with the clear covers on the magnetos because they would just leak and that the black ones never did, but everybody wanted the clear ones because it's cool to see the mechanism, but not if the mechanism gets fucking wet as a result. Interesting. 
Yeah. I mean, but that's a totally different brand. So that could, that could have nothing to do with what they're making over there. Yeah. In the carburetor, you're going to find out like immediately if that shit leaks, whereas a Magneto, you've already (laughs) probably already uh, down the road by the time you find that out. Mm -hmm. That's awesome though, man. I'm super stoked to, to see how that thing turns out. You'll have to let us know how it compares riding with yeah. yeah i mean i've heard nothing but good things from people who have ran them and it seems like the people who get them are get real into them and stuff so i'm excited i could definitely um, yeah it seems like the kind of thing that once you go electron you just you preach the electron exactly and for i mean not knocking them at all i'm sure they're worth every penny but they're pricey so dude yeah do you know what they what they're selling them for on their website right now like $800, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This is, but I mean, people pay that for Magnetos and Magnetos are just the rich okay. man points. So it's a market for everything. At last I checked a, a whole kit of a super E is like 700. So not that far. Oh yeah. I guess I, I, I always, for some reason thought of super E's being around $400, but I might be thinking of just the carburetor, not the, uh, but if you want the teardrop and the mounting brackets and all that shit, it gets up there. Yeah, dude, which is so funny because that that teardrop and the mounting bracket are so ludicrously expensive and so many people just yank them off. Yeah. And then just don't even use them <laughs> and probably sell them for like 200 bucks, just that that alone. I'm actually scared to take that. I mean, you have a Super E on your iron head, right? Yeah, yep. And you have that tiny little... uh dished air cleaner on there i'm curious what your experience with that has been because i would love to put one of those on my evo but i'm nervous that i'll take the teardrop off and then it'll just run worse well okay so i had a shovel head with the teardrop on it and i tried to put a smaller air cleaner on it ran like dog shit and i tried like every jet combination for weeks and weeks and weeks and i just wound up going back to the teardrop because it pissed me off and that was on a 78 shovel head but then on my iron head, I threw it in with like the factory recommended jets to like start at. And it runs like a dream, dude. There is the only thing it does, which I've just gotten used to because I don't, I don't want to mess with it since it works, is if you like if you hold the throttle in the same spot for an extended period of time, it starts like cutting in and out kind of like it. Yeah. It, It's almost like a, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but if you just like let off or let on a little, like you learn how to ride around it kind of thing. Yeah. I hear some weirdness about 883s with super ease. Everybody talks shit about that combination, but some apparently are the worst pairing ever but mine works fine so i'm not fucking with it i just love that carb i know uh yes it's just a really easy carb to work on it's so easy everybody carries the parts you can just get them from fucking any variety of of different places and every air cleaner that's made is made for super e amongst other things but you're always if there's a cool air cleaner out there you're going to find it available for the super e exactly just like Electron making theirs compatible with the SNS manifold, not a Harley manifold. Exactly. Yep. Because they're like, look, we know what you're going to have on there. 
yeah you're only going from one carburetor to this yeah the only thing i i would be curious about with your shovel and actually let's clear this up because this this is this was an issue for on loctite's bike he was having issues with his super e running like dog shit after he changed the air cleaner and it turned out the air cleaner was blocking some hole on the front yeah that wasn't yeah, that, I heard that on the podcast, dude. I was laughing so hard because I did that too. Oh, okay. So so it wasn't, but it wasn't just that. Like you said, it ran like dog shit after. So it wasn't just yeah. because that was blocked, right? Yep. Yeah, it's just like the the factory air cleaner uses that hole, but or it doesn't, or something like that. Yeah, there's a where, hole in the back where like you if you're gonna block the front one with a new air cleaner, you have to open the back one is Correct. the problem um but you don't have the obviously from the factory with the teardrop the back one's closed because the one in the front is still open yep. so that that definitely trips some people up but i just wanted to make sure that that wasn't the thing that was causing you issues because if you had that back hole open and you still and it still ran like dog shit then i think i'm going to leave the super e stock clean around there because it runs so great right now and i'm just like i said i'm uh, if i spend a hundred bucks just to make it run worse i'm gonna feel a little bad about it <laughs> thing yeah if you have like if you have something you could try out without putting any money into i'd try that first because Mm -hmm. like some my issue with mine it it wasn't that bad like you could ride around it like you could just kind of expect it like when you get to mid-range it's gonna sputter once so like either nail it and like power through it or whatever like you could work your way around it and it wouldn't be that annoying but yeah i just wanted it to be as good as it it wasn't right no that's true it's definitely you know you know the other thing that's that's interesting about it is you can't well actually i don't know i shouldn't say can't but the teardrop you can adjust how far up you pull that enricher and you could put it like, like my bike likes to start at like three quarters of the way up. And if I leave it all the way up, it kind of like it bogs down and it gets, it gets in its own way. Um, and then once you get, once you ditch that teardrop, you either have like up position or down pretty much. I've seen guys carve little in the brass, like aftermarket ones, you can carve little notches. So, oh, okay. I pick up like a stick off the ground and wedge in there so that it's only halfway because i know exactly what you mean that's how my iron head is is it doesn't like full choke but or full enrichment but right yeah and it's it's just seems like that's the only thing you can uh you can do but i didn't realize you could cover those or, or carve something in to give yourself that same option on other ones oh wow dude you're not kidding so i just went on here because i was curious what do they sell the full kit for, for the Super E? And if we're talking about the big, oh, wow, that's weird. The big twin one is cheaper than the one that's for the Ironhead. I don't know why that is, but for the big twin, it's 600 bucks for the whole kit with the teardrop, like with everything. And then for the Ironhead, for no reason, it's 690 <laughs> Oh, you know what it is? They, it has a, a slightly different uh, manifold. You need like an, adap- an adapter for the manifold that's included with that one. 
dude, I did not know it cost that much. This whole time I was like 400 bucks, 400 bucks. I've been saying that forever. Yeah. No teardrop. And another thing, one of the old heads around here swears that the, the little vortex effect of the teardrop, if you have like, if your air cleaner has that same cone shape and it swirls the air coming in, mm-hmm. some people think that helps. And that's uh, maybe why my iron head runs decent is because I have that little, I don't know, inverted nipple. Yeah, yeah, where it kind of tapers into in the center. Yeah, people say, like, because if you look on the back of a teardrop, there's that big cone that sticks in there. And it right. kind of, I think it's supposed to swirl the air. I don't know. I mean, you got to feel like with something like the teardrop that, that you didn't make it that way for no reason. Yeah, exactly. It, it would have been a lot easier for you to just press out a circle and you probably save a lot of money doing it that way. So I assume that there's like, some engineer was like, it's going to swirl <laughs> or some, some type of reason why they're like, it has to be a teardrop. Exactly. And it was done way before businesses were purposely making shit defective. So. Yeah, exactly. They actually wanted you to keep it and be happy with it. Yeah. And then you got to mount it too. You got to, that's the one overlooked thing too, is you, you theoretically you should support it. Once you yeah. take that plate off, then you got to support it too. And I kept looking at all these things. I'm like, that's another thing I got to do. And then also this, and then I won't be able to do half choke. And it's, uh, it's dicey, but. Yeah. Certain I mean, don't have any way to support a carburetor without making a super big, ugly bracket off like a lifter block. And that was what I ran into. So I ended up making one off my top motor mount, but. Yeah, they, there's no good way to just bolt one onto an iron head, period. Your top motor mount, so you snuck that thing like down and then through the cylinders and then over to the other side? Um, let me think about this. Yeah, it comes off the top motor mount. It's only like, it's like two inches long and it's it's just like a, a 90 degree bracket. It's got a hole on each end. So one hole goes through the motor mount. And then the other hole goes into the manifold bolt. So God. it's pretty oh, Okay. Is the, is the motor mount on the right-hand side on the iron head? Because um, on my big one, it's all the way out on the left-hand side of the cylinders. It's by, like, it's by where the spark plugs are on the back side of it. I I, yes. Wait, no. Uh Oh yeah, yeah. they put the chain on the other side on the iron head. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the motor mount was over there too. Maybe they switched everything up. No, I was. You got me all fucked up because yeah, my motor mount on the iron head is not from the factory. So yes, mine does go out. Okay. And then the carbs on the right. Gotcha. That makes sense. But yeah, so the electron is going to be interesting, man. All this talk about the Super E, we'll have to see how the Electron stands up to it. Yeah, I got confidence in it, man. Those things are super space-agey. And, and it, I, I'm super excited that it's just going to add to the look of this whole bike being out there and weird. And then there's this some carburetor that doesn't make sense. 
right that yeah, everyone's like oh shit what's that that's what i think every time i see um those su eliminators oh i love tall boy coke yeah. can size you know yep and you have to like oil them and stuff like those things are wild yeah they are they are super weird i've never actually um taken one apart myself so i don't know how complicated they are to work on but i think that people who have them love them but i feel like people who have them have a lot of time invested and potentially just I, like, <laughs> don't can't can't stomach the idea that they might not be the best carb. So you really got to commit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They used to put those on like old Volvos and like uh, Datsuns and stuff used to come with like three of those SU carbs. Yeah. That's the first thing you think when you see it, you're like, wow, this thing is massive like it, it looks like it would come off of a car and it doesn't even have like a i had to pull that picture up just to see it yeah dude it is a fucking monstrous carb i hope i get to see the inside of the one of these things one day and they have this bell this air scoop have you seen this thing that goes off the side of them that is just actually the best way to describe it is it looks like the the stock Harley horn, you know, that like kind of like bell shaped yeah. thing. Oh yeah. Off the SUs. Yeah, yeah. It comes off the SU and faces forward. Like a, like an actually cool version of the, the hypercharger. <laughs> uh, Hawk Lachey had one on that dyslexia bike. He did that white iron head. He did. Yeah. He, yep. He had that on there. Or might have had two of them or something, but yeah, those he, things. Yeah, dude, always has, it seems like he always does too. That is the move. But yeah, that is, that's a super fucking cool looking setup. Whether it works better or not, who knows? Yeah. So what's up next on the, the build here? What are you working on right now? Um, right now I got the seat pan going. That's just been like two days of cutting, grinding, like piecing. Um. But then after that, I think I'm going to move on to the handlebars. That's like the next big – because right now, like, the setup on there is complete dog shit. It's it's like a donor top clamp we found at a swap meet, and it, someone already cut, like, the handlebars that were welded to it off of them. Mm-hmm. And then I just welded some cut-up handlebars I had to them so that we could just move it around. Yep. But – so like, I don't know what people think when they see it, but I'm I'm not leaving those welds on there the way they are. But um, I'm gonna make a set of like eight inch riser, eight or ten inch risers. So they're gonna be real tall risers, and then like some eight or ten inch like hurricane bars, like mini apes. So they'll be really tall, but the risers are gonna be most of the lift. I like that when it comes to springers. I actually think that that look fits just right with the way that the that the risers mount to the Springer um, triple. Yeah, okay. it's just right out of the fork legs. Yeah, it just feels like that's like the the right way for it to be because I'm looking at the way you uh, the way it's set up right now, and yeah, I wasn't sure if those bars were staying on or what the deal was. I'm glad I almost forgot to to mention the bars at all, but I see people. Like Springer's too, people will do those. What is it? Flanders that makes those like, um, 
like dog yeah. bone style clamps that kind of like bring the bars back a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Offset dog bones. Offset. Or, well, that's what. Offset risers. And so, there's a whole bunch of like lingo to it, but. Stuff yeah. like that just looks, the only place that, that I feel like it looks correct is when you see it on the springers. For some reason, on it just, that meets with the clamp in a different yeah. way and just sets it just right. Yeah, that the hell I wanted to do like the Hellings and Stellings style where it's like they the dog bones come off the ears of the top clamp on an angle and they slant in and then they clamp the bars. But Bubba wants to do tall risers, shorter bars. So I figured I'm gonna make them. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm probably end up making a couple sets. But we're gonna they're gonna be offset, so they will have those clamps up top with like the colored uh rubber bushings or whatever. Yep, nice. And then I wanna there I got some ideas up there too for like the throttle. I wanna make a throttle. Oh shit. With gears and stuff. But that would be wild. Yeah. Is I that something you've always had in the hopper of like something you want to do at some point? Yeah, kind of. Like I don't know. I look. I actually from when I the on the Ironhead, I got some cheapy little thirty dollar like quarter turn throttle off of eBay for like dirt bikes. Yep. And I I got the idea from that because it has like a clear window in it where you can see the cable go around a pulley wheel, and like I just like the mechanics of that without like i don't want it to look like steampunk or like crazy i just want it to be exposed mechanics so right on the iron head i wanted to like trim off all of like the casing and stuff and just have it all exposed but then i figured fuck it uh and i'll just like save it for another time and i think i think i'm going to try to figure something out for this but that would be thick because I, I need to move on to molding too. But I think like the bars, that's the last point of like, that's once I stand back and take a picture of it with the bars and risers that I do, then the whole bike will be essentially the way it's going to look uh, stance wise. And then I'll work on molding, like getting all the metal where it needs to be for molding and refining some of these other projects I've started. For sure. Yeah. Lots of little things to do. I'm sure the molding takes a good bit of time too. Yeah. And in theory, like that's with the iron head, like I did a lot, I did a lot of that molding myself before handing it off to Bubba. And the goal for this one was to have like Bubba do a lot of the molding since he's getting a, like a, a bike built. Yeah on the house kind of thing but just timeline timeline wise i'm going to end up molding again a lot of it i know it i mean i'm sure he'll be here to help but it's like working on it every morning like for the sake of keeping it moving i have to i can't not work on it right yeah if you have the time you got to be at it yeah type deal uh front brake going on this thing or no is that a spoolie yep it is a spoolie there will be no front brake as of now, because like I said, that's 
one of the last pieces from the old bike that as far as didn't need messed with. So I'm sure he would love to not buy another front wheel. Oh yeah. Seriously. <laughs> After that other one, not yep. trying to deal with that. And Rear then wheel. Thoughts, on, uh, thoughts on headlight and taillight. Any ideas? Uh, Are you still up in the air on that? We have two prism taillights. Those little round guys that are sized like a quarter. Yep. Um, got two of them for the rear headlights are still up in the air um i want like and we were talking like it might be because he's got ideas but i was like for something as easy as headlights like i might just pick something that i like and run it for people's champ and then once he gets the bike back and like is riding it he can do whatever he wants with headlights but um that's true because he's keep so he's keeping this at the end right yeah yep yeah this is like it's really i couldn't i didn't have anything to submit for people's champ that was the thing and i was like you're gonna be getting like a show bike out of this if if we get in like you realize how like you won too just by getting this far oh yeah um getting all this work done but yeah once it like i'm i've there's decisions where I'm like, I will take it off after if you don't like it, but I'm, I'm running with this idea. Yeah. At least for the sake of this and things like headlights are easy enough to switch out if, uh, if he's not stoked on it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like the headlights are such a big part of it, but I'm at the same time, I don't want it to be. So I, I don't know. It's so hard to choose from what's out there and then just make one or, whatever there's so many options yeah there there's a million and i will say headlight is of great interest to me right now because i had some issues with the ground on my headlight like i feel like headlights are just this ignored part of bikes where most of them are like in the 50 dollar range and they're absolute junk and then there's just not a ton of people at least that i've seen be uh feel free to to put me on to some better ones if you know of them but there's just not a ton of high-end headlights the way i see high-end taillights i know exactly what you mean um the, the highest end i know not like the highest end, it's just if i was if i wanted a very functional good looking headlight i'd get the fna headlight it's called like the pancake headlight i think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. It's on uh it's, yeah, it's like right around the $200 mark, I think. Right. Yep. And I think Bubba at one point, Bubba wanted to do two of those, but then with other added expenses that have come up, I think $400 worth of headlights is kind of a bummer. So. Yeah, that is a fucking, Oh, it looks like they make a damn. So first off, that is the thinnest motherfucker right there. And they make them for on their. I'm on their website right now. They got red ones for tail lights, so they make the tail lights too. Yeah, and aren't those like they're like two inch, and then the other ones are like three inch, but you can use them for either. Yeah, it says you can select the location and the lens color, and it seems like they're all the same. I think they're all the same size. They're all three inch, but they are so fucking thin. Thickness. Let's see, with the thickness of a quarter. Can that be right? Yeah, uh, like the depth of a quarter, not oh, okay. like sideways. Yeah, yeah. 
I was going to say, I'm like, that'd be way too thin. But yeah, dude, that is fucking sweet. And they're high low beam, the one I have. Okay. And they have the original high beam two wire. Okay. So you could do with or without. That is fucking cool. From what I understand, they don't like scream halogen or whatever, or like LED. Like they don't look as space agey as some do. Like as he uses or whatever, like, I don't know, distorts the LEDs enough where you can't necessarily tell it's like a big, it's not just one bright white bulb. Like I hate like the blue ones or whatever. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the LED, cause I was thinking about putting an LED in my like a uh, little triangular one I have on the Evo. And if they had it at, at Walmart the day I had to replace it, I would have tried it out, but I was concerned about that. Um, about it just looking, like you said, just too much like uh, like you're turning on a Tesla instead of a, a chopper. Yep. The only thing, and I, I they don't have a picture of it on their website, is it says that they need a, you have to use the voltage converter box. They say it's easily hidden. I don't know what that means. Uh, if that's like uh, super, super tiny, that's cool. If you could stick it somewhere. Uh uh, like a load equalizer, I think. Is that what they're talking about? Uh, they say, it just says these lights require an included voltage converter box that is easily hidden, but you must use it. So I'm not sure what that means. Then they, That's probably smaller than the, what I'm thinking. I had to do a load equalizer on a bike once, and it wasn't big, but it wasn't small. But no, what I'm, for this instance, it's probably like the size of like a, a relay or something. I'm thinking that's what I was thinking. Yeah, probably something you would tuck under a seat somewhere and, and just put it closer to the battery side than the headlight side. Yeah, those things, those are my favorite aftermarket headlight that I can like off the top of my head. But You've seen one in person? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, on a bunch of bikes that think fuel cleveland i noticed there was a, uh, like an exceptional amount of them but um yeah they're just they're extremely good looking lights yeah that is fucking that might be the move in the future because i just i don't know you mess around with these other ones and you, as soon as you handle them and you you find yourself on the inside of the headlight replacing something you're like wow this is junk yeah i I don't know. I've had good luck with. I I remember hearing that whole sealed beam dilemma. Dude, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, fucking uh, raise hell daily. Yeah, that. I mean, I felt bad. Like, I my headlights have always been great, but it's all like, I don't know. I think I'm just lucky on that. Yeah, it's I guess, like, a lot of times I get right like just repeat headlights. Like the this one sporty I did, I used those. Uh, they were like they're the reverse. They're the hella lights, the rectangle ones. Yep. But I got them off like some Volkswagen restoration website. So they were like thirty bucks a piece, brand new, and they were like dummy proof. Yeah. Versus spending like eighty bucks on a rusty set at a swap meet, and then you got to like rebuild them, get all new bulbs and stuff. And then same with the Ironhead. I got those off like a knucklehead repop website and they were the same thing just as long as they're grounded to whatever they're bolted to you're good to go yeah but I, I, if you're having grounding issues it's just generally because of the next like the the bearings and the stem 
So then, yeah, I think that's what ended up being the case with mine. It's just funny because I took it out and I replaced the bulb and it still didn't work. And then I had destroyed the bulb and trying to get it out because it's poorly made. And so the whole time it ended up being a grounding issue in the first place. So (laughs) go figure. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about too, because from the factory, there is a wire that goes, um, that grounds that your, it grounds the, the, unit, the headlight. Yeah. Like the, I know what you're talking about. It's like a little brass connector that sits on the part that retains the headlight. And then it goes to ground from there. Yep. But you know, what's funny is the way I had it mounted. I noticed one day that my, when I, I came back from a ride, I noticed my ground wire coming out of the headlight I had it mounted on the triple tree and it fell off. It broke, Um, but the headlight was still on. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, that's fucking weird. I guess I didn't need this wire in the first place. So I cut that wire out and headlight still worked. And then one day I went to turn it on. Headlight wouldn't turn on. I assumed it was the bulb because I've been running without the wire for over two months. And for whatever reason, it stopped grounding. Like the grease in the neck bearings is what is interrupting that connect like that ground. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's trying to go through the neck and maybe it catches it one day and not the next. I think, I mean, I'm not positive, but I, from what I thought in my head, I was like, well, yeah, it's all those ball bearings are caked in grease or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's not a decent connection, but if there's a hard way. And like, it, cause I've had bikes where I don't need a ground up there. And, Maybe I don't have a lot of grease in the neck. I don't know. Yeah, isn't it funny how, like, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't? Like I said, I rode all summer without one. If anything, you would think it would go up the, well, maybe not because they're chrome-plated. I was going to say you'd think it would go up the forks, but if that chrome plating is thick enough, maybe it it just can't get through there. Who knows, man? Electrical is, like, my worst. Same. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Actually, Davy Sprocket came up before Deadbeat and helped me wire in a, an ele- like a, I have the push button solenoid on the starter. And then I had, I want, it got all fucked up, stopped working. And he came up to help me wire in a electronic button. Cause then we had to put a relay in. And as soon as relays get in the picture, I'm like, yeah. Listen, somebody come over, tell yeah. me what this is. <laughs> yeah. If I can find like a diagram online that's already been done, I'm fucked. That's it, man. That's why that's when you just trade your other skills where I'm like, just uh, what do you need welded? You bring something you need welded and you just wire this relay for me. And it's just keep the community going. But yeah, man, I'm stoked on this thing. It's looking super fucking cool. I can't wait to see some more pictures of it too. What's the, that's what I've been like trying not to be annoying with my posts, but like, I want to, I want to keep it somewhat consistent with like how I'm moving along. Like I have 10,000 pictures on my phone for every one I post. So like, I just, I don't know what, like, cause then I also want to, if like there's ever a time where I didn't do anything that I can pull a picture and post it just to keep it relevant. Cause that's like the way like built well, or the way this is all set up, it's like you have to, you have to post, um, like as far as, and I'm like, I don't want to run out of stuff to post, but I don't also don't want to post stuff before it's done, 
So I, I'm just like going back and forth with everything. And that's what I, I don't think I've done a good job of conveying the fact that I am going to go back, clean all this stuff up. It's going to look way nicer. And the one thing we didn't talk about yet was the fact that all, all this stuff's getting painted. So right. normally like you don't like the sissy bar doesn't get painted. The risers and the handlebars don't get painted, but they're all getting painted on this. Oh, okay. So, the bars are getting painted. Yep, the bars, the risers, the sissy bar is getting like molded and painted. Um, so, like the two round bars on the sissy bar, you're it's almost going to look like an I beam when it gets painted. Like you're not going to be able to tell it's two round bars. It's going to look like there was a it was an, like an I beam or like I don't know. Oh, is it going to get molded? Is that gap going to get molded? Yeah. So it'll just oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that is an important distinction, actually, because that that changes the way that, like you said, when that's done, it's going to look very sty- stylistically. It's going to look very different than it does right now. Yeah, big time. And like that's what all this metal work I'm doing. It's like I don't I want to I want to make it look as beautiful as possible, but it's also getting painted. So like we don't I don't know what color it's getting painted, but odds are it's going to blend in a little more than if it if it were chrome um so like a lot of this stuff I'm, i don't necessarily need to finish to the level that i did if it, i was polishing it or something sure. so it, it, it's nice because it frees up a lot of time to make more stuff like normally i'd budget twice as long if i was finishing a piece to like a mirrored finish if versus doing it this way which is just make it and then it gets like painted i think i what i might do is send um fucking rhino just like a huge box of parts and have him blast every like uh vapor hone everything dude that is like the best option for everything everything i work on i'm like i just want this to go to rhino before it comes to me yeah like do you think do you ship stuff to him or do you drive it to him? Uh, I can drive it to him because he's close enough. Yeah, I'm. that's the one thing I'm nervous about is like shipping. Like, will they start to flash rust in the mail? I don't think so because I well, depending on how you how you package them up, as long as they're not like exposed to a ton of moisture, if you were to wrap them all in like uh, cloth, you know, something that can still breathe but not. Yeah, like I just want to – let moisture yeah like for the sake of for bubba painting on and the other like alternative is we're gonna parkerize a lot of stuff which i've never done before oh shit yeah i don't not too familiar with what that even is well so yeah you've seen it like the guns right like parkerize a lot of stuff on firearm yeah it's like a, a a better version of bluing i guess yeah that makes sense but a lot of these old parts, like this Springer, all the black hardware on it is parkerized. Same with the rear wheel. Like a lot of the old, like once you get to slot, like panhead territory, a lot of parts came parkerized. So it's like, a, it's annoying because for like cone shovels, there's no hardware kits from Colony that are parkerized. Oh, uh, true. And stuff. And right. Not, so 
I have to like all this hardware that I'm using for mock-up needs to get black somehow. And I know there's black oxide hardware, like the hardened shit. And a lot of it will be that, but then all the stuff I'm making, I have to parkerize. So is that a process you can do yourself? Yeah, you can get it like the kit of chemicals. I forget what the chemicals are called, but essentially you just need like a, you need like a stainless steel bin, like from the restaurant store or something. And you need to be able to heat the liquid to like a consistent 200 degrees. So I've heard of people doing it on their grills. Um, but that's essentially where I'm at is like figuring out how I can hold a, a liquid vat at 200 degrees for like a half hour. Camp stove outside. Yep. That'd be a good, yeah. like, uh, if you could get like a cheap camp stove at Walmart and just bring it that way. If it, I don't know if this shit is like super toxic or whatever, but at least then you could do it outdoors. Yeah, no, you could do it on like a hot plate even. Yeah, and they make like little portable hot plates like that too that you could probably plug into like a 12-volt adapter on your car and, and also still run it outside if you're worried about doing it indoors. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to look into it. It's, I've been like avoiding it, but it's something that like to me, I know I it needs done and it sucks because Bubba already bought Chrome hardware for the motor before People's Champ and now we're just not even going to be using it. So And Bubba's <laughs> taking some hits. Oh, dude, left and right. <laughs> He's getting a fucking free bike. Well, free. Sure. Yeah, nearly, nearly free. Well, good deal, man. So let's get into time frames here. When does this thing need to be wrapped up by? So the the my goal all along has just been like do as good of a job as possible in the time allowed to convey what I'm going for and get it as far along as possible before January 10th. We have to have submissions, uh, like update submissions, essentially like our last ditch effort to get votes on January 14th through the 17th is voting online. that's the big day is is the 14th is when you can start blasting out the link to everybody and everybody starts the the first round of voting yep exactly and then i don't it doesn't say on here when they announce who like the top six are i'm assuming it's a day or two after the 17th but yeah like that's i'm not planning anything past that just being in the top 24 or whatever is incredible and it's a big kick in the ass to get this bike done. So regardless if we get in the top six, it's still going to get done. It just, I won't go to California. <laughs> right. <that's> gonna be- <laughs> so you're chopping it from, it's, it's, you say it's 24 of you right now? Yep, 24 of them now. Normally in previous years, they go from like 24 to 12 to six or something like that. Yeah, but this this year they're going straight from twenty four to six, which is huge. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, that's that's why I was asking because I remember last year there being multiple rounds. Of- yeah, no, I was I was always so like timid and nervous about People's Champ because of that. Like Greasy Dozen was amazing. I always said that like we already won by getting selected. We didn't have to worry about getting cut out. So with this, like just having one cutoff and then 
after the six, like if you're in the top six or after the 14th or 17th or whatever, if you're in the top six, yeah, plan your trip to California. But at least like you're not going all winter, like emotional roller coasters. Uh, right. That's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you find out at the last minute, you're like, oh, well, pack up shop. Yeah. And so like for where the bike will be by then, I'm super excited because it's going to get done regardless. And it, it like, um, it's a big, just a resume builder, really. Uh, yeah. Regardless if it gets top six, it's at least some people saw it this far. So. Right. You got a reason to really go all out with it. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Not that somebody couldn't do it otherwise, but it, it really is that, uh, that extra level of motivation knowing like, Hey, a lot of people are going to see it and you really get to show it off. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I work much better with deadlines and time frames versus like, if it's just left me left to my own devices, like there's like a month ago, there was five bikes in here. You couldn't move. You had to push them all out to, in order to work. So mm, that's <laughs> deadline gave me a kick in the ass. I moved everything out. Like I put it all in different people's houses and stuff. And now there's just one bike. And it's been, and now it's, yeah, now it's all the focus on that one. Well, how about this? If you're down for it, maybe you can come back on. Uh, you said January 14th voting open. So maybe we can have you back on early January to give an update on where it's at. And, and we'll do one more, one more push before voting opens. That'd be amazing, man. Yeah. Right at like, yeah, sometime in early January would be perfect because I plan on using all like my free time over the holiday out here and just, yeah, that'd be amazing. Just grinding away. I love it, man. Well, good deal. Well, thanks for jumping on tonight, man. This was great to get a a little sneak preview at what's to come. And I'm looking forward to, like I said, having you, having you back on and seeing it when it's all molded and all the changes have, have for the most part, most of the changes, I guess we should say are already complete. Yeah, man. I know. I appreciate the hell out of it. I, I, I'm bummed. Oh, Fred couldn't join us. I know. I know. He's hard at hard at work on his on his uh, tow truck right now. Yeah. He raffled his bike off too, right? He did. He raffled it today, actually. Good for him. Yeah, he is stoked on that, and I'm sure the guy that uh, the guy's name was Nick. Actually, we should give a quick shout out on the. If I can pull it up, Let's see the guy that won it. It should be on Loctite's page here. Give me one second. Nick Rattler, Nick Rattler on Instagram just won the motherfucking shovelhead. So congratulations to him. Um, a bunch of people got their money back too, which is cool. I like the way this thing was all structured and laid out. I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm sure he'll be sad. Sad to see it go. It was a fucking oh, bike. That's a labor of love. It's his baby. That's it, man. But I'm but sure he'll build another one soon too. Mm-hmm. Now I would like to if if he was on here tonight, I was gonna tell him, remind him of the time in at Cheap Thrills in Jersey when. I I went in and told Jerry, I like busted into Jerry's hotel room and told him, I was like, you know, Loctite's getting in a fight. And Jerry 
no lie, dude. He like threw down what was in his hands, ripped his shirt off, and storms out the door. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know Jerry on this level. Like, we're cool, but I never, like, pranked him like this. Yeah. And, and dude, he was, like, he bolted out the door. He was ready to kill people. And then fucking Loctite's just sitting there laughing. Because Loctite told me to do it. I was just, like, yeah. nervous. I was like, this is, I was like, this is the scaredest I've been all weekend. Is like, I thought Jerry was going to freak out on me for yeah, fucking you just get stabbed like, over it and you're like this is a fun joke yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what i get for playing a joke but no he dunked his head in the pool and he was he was glad to be out like out and about so it worked out that's awesome we were backing <laughs> the fuck up that is wild man yeah cheap thrill seemed like such a fucking badass event yeah it was certainly a good time I'm excited for the next one. Fuck yeah, man. We'll be there with a new bike, I'd imagine. Yep. At least one. That's it. Gotta show gotta show it off. Take it take the take a, a proper victory lap with this one. Yeah, really. That's that's my my goal is to knock this one out this year and then start uh I wanna do a crazy JP Rodman style trike. Oh damn, dude! That would be fucking. Oh, here. You don't see a like, lot of those. A lot of work into that, I'm sure. Yeah, I just want like, what's more inconvenient than a ten foot long Ironhead? A fucking ten foot long trike. <laughs> Getting all the inconvenience out there, man. I love it. Yeah. Take up the whole shop, but I want like it'll have reverse. It'd be sick. That would be sick. Hey, you cover from the rain too. I guess it's got its benefits. Yep. I don't know how he sees out the side of that thing, though. Ah, lean forward. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's fucking rad, man. I'm stoked on it. Like I said, can't wait to see where this thing shakes out. And looking forward to having you back on in January, dude. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I, yeah, can't wait. Good deal, brother. All right, well. I will talk to you soon. And if you need anything from us, let us know, man. We're going to help out however we can. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it, brother. Later. Later. All right, motherfuckers. As we move to close this one down, let's thank a couple of the people who make this show possible. First up, we got Deadbeat Customs out there in Tuxbury, Massachusetts. If you haven't been by the new shop, go on over, check it out. And if you're not local to the area, check out deadbeatcustoms.com. Next up, we got Hypnic Jerk Customs out there in Sydney, Australia, crushing it with the dopest taillights in the game. I got one on my bike. Loctite's got one on his bike. They are fantastic. So make sure you are following Hypnic Jerk Customs on Instagram. Next up, we got Stay Strongco, the motherfucking homie and maker of the finest hot sauce in the motherfucking game. Head on over to Stay Strongco LLC to scoop yourself some of the most delicious hot sauce and maybe a hat rack, helmet rack or one of a million other goodies he's always cooking up. Go check out the page for more info. Next, we got Steel City Blacksmithing. Always crushing the game. Twisted hammers, copper hatchets, twisted front ends, all kinds of all kinds of shit. And he takes custom orders. So if there's something you want made up, hit up 
Steel City Blacksmithing, all one word, on Instagram, and let him know what you're looking for. Next, we got Ray's Hell Motorcycle Co. out there in New York, upstate New York, doing custom work, full builds. They got a whole merch line and a lot more. So go follow Ray's Hell Motorcycle Co., all one word, on Instagram. Next up, we got the homie Dan Bliss over at No Luck Paintworks. Super solid motherfucking dude and crushes the paint job. Go check out his latest paint that he did for Rhino Resto. Absolutely killing it. He's got Astro Man's frame. And if all things go well with the Evo in the future, he's going to be doing my Evo as well. It's No Luck Paintworks on Instagram. And we made it all the way to the end here. So to close this one out this week, I will say that whether you are building for People's Champ or just a local bike night, turning your own wrenches is how us lowlifes unite. Sandal strip leather 
I'm looking for the ghetto Cinderella. Chopper called me up, it's Delta Easy. Now we tag teaming for Sheezy. I asked a fool, call me a donkey. Let's get crunch balls, I like them chunky. Come on.